For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to episode number 285 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the uh, 5th of March, 2013. Hey! Hey, everybody! How are you? Yay! How's I'm good. Session? I'm good. How yeah. are you? Doing good? Super. Yeah. Excellent. How are you at home? See lots of uh, friendly faces. Swiss Andy, it's great to see you again. Uh, Nelson, nice to see you and uh, nice to have you here. Uh, it was our pleasure having Nelson here last week talking about the uh, NetTalk duos and all those devices. If you missed it, make sure you check it out because it's a good way to save you some money. Troy74, good guy. Nice to see you. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Oh. So many of you is joining us in the chat room. Hey, Jameson, nice to see you. Yeah, it's a good rocking chat room today. Mm. Lots of action. All right, let me you with the news. Yeah, you want to tell us what's coming up, and then we'll, sure we'll just do. have some witty banter off the top. And <laughs> Sounds good. A little bit of a chat. So, okay. coming up in the newsroom, HP's new all-in-one runs Ubuntu and costs under $550, which is 349 pounds. Neat. Very cool. Big changes in the Ubuntu sphere as cano- Canonical announces their own display manager and Unity built on QT. Hmm. The Herschel telescope is about to go blind. And a new walking stick for the elderly will email you if they fall over, which reminds me of Harry Potter for some reason. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like quite the technology. I can't yeah. wait to hear more. Yes, stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, how you been? Uh, good. Yeah? Good, yeah. Gearing up. It's March. This Almost March break. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> This has been the craziest day, folks, just so you know. In order to get ready for tonight's feature, because we're going to be taking a look at Valve's Steam on Linux, mm-hmm. had to upgrade the demo system to Zorin OS 6 Ultimate. And I've been waiting and waiting to do this because Zorin 5 worked so very well for us. And I did hit a couple of snags. Oh. I don't know quite whether it's Zorin's fault or, or maybe an update or something. But it was it, we were very close. This was about the closest we've ever been to having to say, you know what, it's not going to happen tonight. That's how scary it was. I'm so happy you didn't tell me that. I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> so here we are. We're live. We've got, it seems that we've got a, a working Zorin OS 6 Ultimate demo system. Seems to be working okay right now. I'm being very, very cautious not to copy anything to the clipboard. Because here's the weird thing. It's an interaction with Synergy. Mm-hmm. And the version of 
maybe the NVIDIA drivers or comp is or something is not interacting very well. Synergy okay. is why, why I only have to have one keyboard and oh. one mouse, right? We've got multiple computers. You can see if you're watching Backstage Pass. Uh, and in fact, I might be able to show you. No, no way to show you. But uh, if you're watching Backstage Pass, you see I've got one keyboard, one mouse operating everything. Mm-hmm. That's synergy. That's synergy. And that's causing a problem. Synergy is causing the problem. Well, not necessarily synergy, but... Something. It's something in the interaction (laughs) between multiple different things. That's why it's so difficult. Ah. So... Yeah. Nice. Well, at least we're under control now. We're we're good to go. So let's let's do this thing. All right. Have some fun. Uh, Tonight, like I say, we're going to be taking a look at Steam for Linux. We're going to tell you all about what that is. Basically, it's a way for you to install incredible video games on your Linux computer. Um, so, you know, if, if you've been holding on to Windows, thinking, mm, don't want to switch over to Linux because there's just not the gaming, well, mm-hmm. now Valve Steam is available. So uh, stick around. We're going to show you how to install that and how to use it. That is exciting stuff. Lots of viewer questions tonight, too. Yes. So we're going to tackle as many of those Hit from the those hard. as we can. Yep. Okay. Do, 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 do. What's Mobile. up? What's up with Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I'm going to have a sip of my tea because you can tell that my voice is dreadful tonight. I know. Poor Ravi. Fight Mm. battling. Um, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Nice. (sighs) Of course, we've got our mobile website, (coughs) pardon me, m.cat5.tv. Love for you to check that out. Uh, Scan that code and uh, that will take you over to our mobile website on your device. Also, really big, kind of, I don't know, a, a really cool feature that I've added to the website uh, this past weekend is that you can actually receive each episode now by email. So if you'd like to uh, subscribe that way, you'll actually be able to get a, an email from our website automatically after each show. So if you set it up tonight, for example, mm-hmm. when this show becomes available, episode number 285, you'll receive an email. With the link. With more than just the link you get the, you get the video file you get you get a free download if you want to download it in hd you can download it to no your way. computer put it on a stick put it on the tv whatever you want to do uh, it also has a, a built-in stream link so that it will launch a player and automatically start streaming to your computer so you don't have to download it it's got information about what the episode was about it's basically an all-around you know if you can't get to the website week after yeah. week or you tend to forget about the show and and then you fall behind by a few weeks here's mm-hmm. a chance for you to to keep up with it to have that constant reminder yeah i'm going to show you how we do this yes. all you have to do is get over to our website category5.tv click on login or register up at the top you see that mm-hmm. and then you can register if you haven't already got a, an account but of course if you do have an account you can simply sign in which i'm going to just do with my own account here When you do so, pardon me, you're going to get your 10 viewer points for your login. And now go to Members and My Profile. And you'll see your profile there. And you can see that uh, now you can receive the weekly episode by email. So simply check that off and you'll you'll begin receiving that. We're also introducing uh, an email that will pop you a quick email one hour before each live show. So just making it so that you have some form of a reminder that the the show is about to take place so mm-hmm. oh that's that. handy but the email once a week how cool you know you get that by email give it a try we don't spam anything you know we don't spam anyone um y- if you turn it on you'll get them if you turn it off you won't so um you can always give it a try if you don't like it log back into your account and uncheck the box 
Excellent. And you get another 10 points for logging in to uncheck the box. You do. Yeah. yeah Just keep day. logging in. Check it, uncheck it. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, I mean, what does that get you? That gets you mentions right on our homepage. Uh, we can see the top 10 viewers this month. Uh, we've got Sprint Cowboy, Pyrus Rock This World, Swiss Andy, How Field, Nightstar, Valpin 1, Jot, Troy 74, Cordy oh, 80, very nice. and JP. Yeah. And you see China is climbing its way up on our top 10 countries as well, 9.8%, beating out Canada. And, of course, United States is huge as far as viewership goes. So nice to have you viewing hey, from all over the world. Yeah. I can't believe China has already beat out Canada. I know. But it's such a huge population, right? That's true. So as soon as we say, okay, we're now available in China, and we've got some syndicate partners out there that are mm-hmm. distributing the show, then you know, suddenly, guess what happens? There you go. Yeah. Going to give United States a run for their money. I feel like it's yeah. the Olympics here, yeah. like looking at it. We've, <laughs> really? We've got some cool features on our site. I don't know if you've checked it out lately, but um, do check it out. Uh, we also have, under About, we've got the viewer location map, which I think is a really cool thing. Uh, this takes your IP address. So these are the people that are watching the show. Mm-hmm. And you can see, you know, if you want to see China, you can zoom in and see how many people are watching in China, which even since last week, we see that there are uh, a few uh, new viewers. So that's cool. Blows Ireland and UK and Germany is pretty much saturated. I can't even read the 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 country names. There's Canada and the US. Very nice. So check this out. It's actually real time. So when you open it, Mm-hmm. It connects to our database and it and it's anonymous. There, you know, we don't track anybody by their individual information. We just log an IP address. So these pins are literally just placed by an IP address, uh, and that's that's the viewer location map. If that's my dad in Mexico, hi dad, thanks for watching. <laughs> hey, <laughs> cool very cool. Well, we've got to take a really really quick break. Uh, after the break, we're going to be taking a look at Valve's Steam, so stick around. And bear with me tonight, folks. Okay? I I love you. I know you love me, too. So uh, we'll we'll make it through together tonight. All right. I'll I'll save you. I'll get chatty. Do some of the chatty stuff. I'll do the chatty stuff. I'll I'll walk you through this. Steam? Let me tell you all about Steam. (laughs) Yes. She holds up her tea and says... (laughs) This water is very hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com All right. This is the point when I would usually be reading a postcard because I love to read the postcards. However, we didn't get any this week. But please send our postcards to Category5.tv, P.O. Box, 29009 Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7, so that I can read from all of the fabulous places all over the world, mm-hmm. like Lithuania. We love to receive those. <laughs> also want to say hello to all of our viewers on YouTube tonight. If you're watching this in the Hangout, make sure you note that uh, the Hangouts are not in HD. Uh, you can catch the show afterwards when it goes up, and it will be in 720p. Uh, but certainly nice to have you here for our Hangouts as well. 
Uh, also, Blip TV, Miro Internet TV, and FirstRun.TV. Nice to have uh, you viewing through those services as well. All right. Okay. <laughs> Can I do it, folks? <laughs> and now. And now. I, I almost have to talk like that. Like, we'll, we'll just whisper and use a, a really deep kind of radio-like voice. So. <clears throat> radio. You know what I'm going to try? Good old medicine. Delicious. Yeah. yeah. All right. There we go. So How's Steam on today? Linux. Yeah. Our chat room is rocking. Hey, JP. Sarah Jane. Good guy. I can't find a postcard from I'm our buying area. Buying time just for the, the halls to <laughs> vaporize That's a little right. bit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the picture get grainy for anyone else when he switches camera views? Oh. That would be uh, that's what is artifacting that? uh, of flash video encoder, so you won't see that in the uh, in the download after the show. Mm-hmm. So, oh, see what happened? Robbie wants to take a break from talking, so I asked him a direct question that I couldn't answer. Right. I'm that kind of friend. Mm. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so, one of the things about Linux that sometimes holds people back from switching from Windows is the in, inaccessibility of certain applications. And so, you know, sometimes you think, well, I'm sick of Windows, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to go buy a Mac. Well, then you've got the same problem where the same programs, you know, if you use QuickBooks, you can't use QuickBooks anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you run into the same kind of snags because it's a different operating system. It'd be like switching from BlackBerry to Android. Right. You wouldn't have the same access, or worse yet, switching from Android to BlackBerry. There's such a difference in what's available on those two different platforms. Programs like Valve Steam are there to try to bridge the gap so that um, there's not such a gap between platforms. Steam works on Mac, Linux, and Windows, and it's a game delivery mechanism, so it's actually set up in such a way that, uh, that you can install games from any of those platforms. Okay. Okay. So if a game is available on Linux using Valve Steam, which is now available for you, and we're going to take a look at it in just a few moments. Um, if it's available on Linux, you install it. Now it's a part of your account. You go up to your Windows computer, and you've got uh, Steam on that as well, and you can install it on there. So if you buy it, you know, you can, it's like a, it's like a disc, but you don't have the disc to move around. It's all done through downloads. So... Really, That's really cool convenient. mechanism, and I think this is going to really push uh, Linux to, to the gamer. I mean, if you're a gamer, check this out tonight. What we're going to start with is actually installing it. So I've brought up the website, and uh, we're going to have all the information for you in the show notes of episode number 285. But basically, I'm just going to, uh, to the Steam website. That is steampowered.com. I've clicked on Install Steam, and uh, now you see that it's given me a, uh, a Linux installer, or in your case, it might be Windows or Mac. So I'll click on Install Steam now, and that's going to give me a, a Debian package. So here I am in Chrome, so it's putting it down at the bottom there, asking me if I want to keep it. So say, yep, keep, and then I can click on it as it's downloading and tell it to open. That's going to open it as soon as it's done. So now with... Uh, Zorin OS 6 and Ubuntu and Ubuntu-based distros. It's going to bring up the Ubuntu Software Center. And you see uh, the Steam Launcher is ready to install. So I'll click on Install. Now, just a note that uh, that I actually had to upgrade to a later version of Zorin OS in order to do this. So you may have to do the same if you're using an older distro. 
So we'll just install that. Doesn't take too long. There are a fair number of games that are available for Linux without uh, using Steam, but what's neat about this is it gives you a delivery platform uh, where everything is available in one place. So now that it's installed, it just tells me that uh, all I need to do is just run it uh, for the first time. So we'll close out of the software center and we'll launch that. Oh, and there it goes launching itself. So it looks like it's downloading a bunch of packages to our system and we're going to do this together tonight. There we go. At least it moves pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Are you a bit of a gamer? Me? Yeah. I'm a bit of a game you, watcher. My yeah. boyfriend's a big gamer and I cheer him on. I'm a bit of a game cheerleader. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Backseat gamer. You can kill the Lord of Lies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. First time in. What do you want to do? I'm going to create a new account because I don't have one yet. Uh, you can also connect with a, looks like a, a PS3 account or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and we can log into an existing account, of course, if, uh, if you already have a Steam account. So let's create our account. We are uh, good users, so we're going to read that. In. Yep. And uh, we're going to agree. And, oh, look, another one. And agree to that. Okay, so create your account name. Enter a password. And then we're just going to go next. And you see that the steps are, are really quite simple here. Mm-hmm. Email address for my account. There we are. And now it's uh, creating the actual account on the Steam servers. So now Steam, I should note, is again, you know, available for Windows, Linux, and Mac. We're doing this on Linux tonight because it just recently became available on Linux, which is an exciting thing. So now that I've got my account, I should be able to launch that. It's going to connect to the server using my account for the first time. And I got a warning there, and I'm just going to accelerate the video here. I got a warning there that my driver is not a current enough version to run Steam. So... I'm going to go into my additional drivers in my system settings, and I'm going to upgrade to 304 branch. I use an NVIDIA card, so that's what I'm going to do. Now, 310, I find that uh, 310 can be much less stable than 304. Both of them are experimental. There's the, the warning message, just so you see. system is running an older proprietary NVIDIA video driver because I'm just using the stable version. It requires 304 or higher. So I'm going to activate the 304, not the 310, because I, I do find that it has more problems in my case. Um, so you may have to, you might end up breaking your video subsystem. I don't, I should just say for the record that I don't like that it's forcing us to install kind of beta software. Um, but it, we want to just get this going for tonight. And just be ready to revert back if, uh, if you're not happy with the settings. Let's see what happens. There we go. Reboot the computer. And now we, uh, once that comes back up, we should be good to go. So okay. I was saying a little bit, you know, I, I'm not too pleased about the fact that I've got to install these experimental drivers. Because mm -hmm. when you get into, you know, putting in 
304 and 310 branch that are unstable of the NVIDIA drivers, you could run into problems. When I installed the 310 software, it completely crashed and wouldn't boot up my system. So oh. that would be a really big problem. So a so, bit of a warning to you that you might expect that that could happen. Um, so in that case, I had to manually go into terminal and, and uh, use my xorg.com file. If you're not familiar with that, I would stay away from the 310 just in case. Okay. So, okay, so next up, we're going to install our very first game. Um, so this is the way Steam looks. I've clicked on store and go into Team Fortress 2 just because you'll see that that is a free-to-play game. I want to try something that's free-to-play just to get me started. So you see how it's Windows, Mac, or Linux compatible. And I can just go zip and install, and it's telling me it's going to be six days. <laughs> Might not have it uh, today. <laughs> I guess they're assuming that I'm on dial-up. <laughs> you want to put an icon on the desktop or what have you. And there we go. So now it's just simply installing. And we're not advertising any particular game. I'm just throwing one on real quick that happens to be free to play and available on Linux. And I wouldn't mind showing you some of the uh, the other options that are available here as well. It looks like it's not going to let me, unfortunately. So once Team Fortress 2 is installed, of course, I can click on Play. And now it's still downloading. So I can turn on Launch Game as soon as it's ready. It's going to take me about, uh, looks like about 15 minutes, but I'll accelerate this. Wow, time flies here. The magic of TV is incredible. <laughs> there we go, all done. So I can boot her up, and uh, we can start playing, just like that. So now I've got a game that is free to play, which means that it's not a free game, necessarily. Mm -hmm. You may have to pay in order to get certain features of the game, but it's free okay. to get into the game. It's free to, to begin playing and install it and give it a go. But you may have to buy things if, if you want to be a real player. Right. Right. Tools and so weapons. So sometimes that can be in-game. But free-to-play games allow you to, to kind of check things out. To get hooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's go to Steam Powered again, and, and uh, we're just going to take a look at what the store looks like now. I can't bring up Steam on the system live right now, just because I've put my graphic drivers back to uh, the stable branch because of some problems that it caused. Uh, but you can see here... So this is exactly what the store looks like from within Steam as well. So we're okay to do that. Because I'm on Linux, of course, I'm, I'm going to want to click on Linux. And I'll see what games are available for Linux. And you'll notice that there's a price tag with most, most of these. And it's going to be about you know, 20 30 40 bucks. So it's the cost of buying a video game sometimes. I mean, here's some that are $3.99, $1.99, more like app prices. But not a lot of free-to-play stuff. Right. Not a lot of free stuff, which was a little bit surprising to me because I, I imagine that, you know, Linux users kind of across the board uh, do hope for a fair bit of uh, freebies. But I think what Steam is doing is, is quite a bit different is they're providing not free games. They're providing commercial games and a distribution platform for those and right. making them available on Linux and Windows and Mac. Mm -hmm. So you can get these games and install them really, really easy, run them on your system, and there's nothing to it. You pay for it once, and then you can install it as many times as you need to, right? So looking at that, you know, some of the games are a little bit older, but still classics. That's right. Uh, but there are quite a few good games as well. But you'll see here Windows, Mac, and Linux. So if I buy this game for 20 bucks, I can install it on any of those systems. 
so I can start with my Linux system and then move it around or whatever I want to do. So this is looking at it from the Linux perspective. Personally, I think it would be nice if I could zoom in a little bit further and say, okay, well, I want to see just the games that are you know, under 10 bucks or free-to-play only. Mm-hmm. But generally, if I click on the Linux tab, because I'm a Linux user, it's going to be just you know sorted by however they sort it. So you would think, okay, well, let's zoom in on you know the free-to-play games now that I'm in the Linux tab. And of course, now what happens is, is it's given me all the free-to-play stuff, but most of them are Windows and Mac only. Oh, look at that. This one's Windows only. Windows only. Windows yeah. only. Windows only. So you can see that as far as the interface goes, it's not as intuitive of, as I would have thought it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is still very, very young. Just came out to Linux. Uh, and it would be nice to see some some improvements there. Windows, Mac, and Linux. Free to play. So I can install that if I wanted to. Dwarfs. Yeah. So kind of cool in the way that it's set up in that, you know, if if I do click on a, let's see if I find a game. One, hopefully one that, see, see what I mean? As a Linux user, a little disappointing as far as the selection goes for Linux. I'm seeing a lot of Windows and Mac. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's okay, but there should be a way to j- just focus in on, just, just give me all the Linux stuff. Sort through. Yeah. I don't care about all this Windows stuff. We'll use Team Fortress as the example again because it is free to play and it's available for all three uh, systems. Let's make sure we mute the sound there. So here, you know, you get a a page with video screenshots and you know all that kind of stuff. So you can go through, find out a little bit more about the game. You can play it for free with free to play, or you can actually buy some of the packages that uh, are available. And you see that some of them. Well, now these are, you know, all different kinds of things. This is like a package that includes many different games. Valve Complete Pack comes with 25 games, for example. So it's really, you know, it becomes this really cool delivery platform. If you're a real gamer for 100 bucks, you get 25 games. That's pretty awesome. But then again, here I am looking at a game that I wanted to find because it's Linux compatible. And I see that the Valve Complete Pack is only for Windows. So a little bit unintuitive as far as that goes. We gotta we we have to be a little bit careful about which one. You know, when you're going through, you've got to click on the Linux, find one that that works for you. You know, whether it be a twenty dollar game or whatever, and you can buy it. As far as the distribution platform goes, it works really really well, really really fast. I mean, it told me it was going to be six days, but it obviously wasn't. It took. 15 minutes or something like that to get mm-hmm. the game so and this is new so there are chances it's been that available on well it started on windows and mm-hmm. then launched into mac and then it's, it's been rumored for so long that they were going to be coming to linux here we are it's finally happened and i think what's exciting about you know it is new to linux but what's exciting about it is it's going to really drive graphic card manufacturers to improve their drivers and to improve their support uh to build you know, more gameable uh, drivers for the Linux operating system. So it's going to not only help gamers, but it's also going to help us uh, in, you know, regular users Mm -hmm. who want to be able to do 3D accelerated graphics and things. So I expect that because Steam is requiring that we use unstable drivers, NVIDIA might say, you know what, that's, that's driving a need for this driver to be complete, to be stable, and we'll see what happens. But uh, it could happen. Even though it's it's unstable drivers, performance, very, very good. I can't show you too many clips, 
But uh, this is Team Fortress 2 on our system with an NVIDIA, uh, just a, a cheap NVIDIA card. You know, and frame rate is exceptionally good. Motion is good. Control is excellent. And this is, of course, through Linux. So, it's incredible. How great is that? So I encourage you to check it out. That's Valve Steam. It's steampowered.com. And we're just looking at how to install that and try it. There you go. And, you know, a lot of the games are fairly modern. Good graphics. A lot of fun. This one's a little bit comic bookish. So <laughs> I don't mind showing you a little bit of the, the bullets and stuff because it's very comic booky. But Here I am watching video games. I feel yeah. like I'm back at Dave's house. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So check that out. Steampower.com. We're looking at it from a Linux perspective. But if you've got Windows or Mac, it's for you as well. Steampowered.com. You look like you're uh, ready to hit the news. That's right. Here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. HP has launched a brand new all-in-one PC running Ubuntu. I love it. Yeah. The specs of the device aren't going to blow the socks off anyone, but that's not a negative. The Pavilion 20 is is competent enough in its computing prowess to make it a model machine for everyday tasks. So from email to office work, web browsing, and YouTube cat video marathons, (laughs) this machine should be capable of handling it. You know what's awesome? I mean, they mention in the story that it's not the most powerful thing, but you look at this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and... We're we're on a different kind of trend. We don't need the huge specs that we needed five years ago. It was as it was pressed for more cores, more power, more gigahertz, mm-hmm. more RAM. Now, how is it that my little one gigahertz tablet seems to run faster than my three point six gigahertz desktop? It's, right. It's all kind of relative to what you're doing with it. And if it's running Ubuntu, which it is, we know that Ubuntu has got a real solid focus on mobile computing, a.k.a. these kinds of devices. So we're expecting really good performance, even though the specs may not be quite as high. Right. Interesting to see that HP just sold off WebOS, though, and now they're launching this line with, uh, with Ubuntu. Hmm. That's exciting stuff. Cool. Now, the wow fact, the real wow factor comes from its pricing. Um, it's just 349 pounds. At just 349 wow. pounds, HP has pitched the PC well within the reach of the average consumer. A similar, though not identical, model is available with Windows 8, pressed, priced at 499 pounds. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I could do this. It puts them in a market against Windows 8, and uh, hopefully they'll be on the display next to it, and people say, Oh, look at that. I'm give that one a go. <laughs> Save myself a couple hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Nice. Pavilion 20, all in one. All right. According to a recent announcement, Ubuntu will use its own display server called Mir, replacing X Windows Server. The reason Ubuntu will use its own display server is that none of the existing solutions would allow us to implement our vision without taking major compromises, which would come at the cost of user experience and quality. And obviously to achieve full convergence, a hot topic recently that has caused quite a bit of controversy. Hmm. Mir is essentially a display server that works across desktop and mobile devices. If you're wondering what will happen to existing applications that require X, Mir has covered that and it will come out with, this, with support for legacy X applications including integration for a variety of toolkits. Unity Next will be integrated on top of Mir and the UI will use Qt and will 
use much of the code that's already available in the Ubuntu Touch Developer Pro Preview. The ultimate goal is to provide a seamless scale across multiple form factors and carry Unity's visual design and identity. This means Unity on the phone, tablet, TV, and desktop will share the same code base, so this convergence that Mark Shuttleworth has been talking about is starting to take shape. Nice. Very cool. Now, where does that leave Kubuntu, Lubuntu, Lubuntu and Zubuntu? We should find that out soon after the respective teams analyze their options. That's really interesting um, and, and a crazy push, but it, it makes sense. And I'm think I love the idea of for an end user mm -hmm. having the same desktop on all your devices and platforms. Mm -hmm. I see. See, I'm so new to this that I just feel yeah. like I'm coming into it at a good time. Well, with... I, I've got so many customers who, you know, they use Microsoft Windows Seven or Eight, mm -hmm. and they just bought an iPhone. Well, I'm clueless as to how to set up my email. Can't figure out how to use it because it's so very different. Mm-hmm. But this and I think Mac OS is pretty similar to iOS in, in its functionality a little bit. A little bit. But what Ubuntu and Canonical are doing is is much more integrated. So I'm talking take your telephone, yeah, plug it into your monitor and it's your screen up. Like it just makes <sighs> sense. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The European Space Agency is about to lose the use of one of its flagship satellites. Since 2009, the billion euro Herschel telescope has been unraveling the complexities of star birth and galaxy evolution. Hmm. But its instrument, instruments employ special detectors that need to be chilled to fantastically low temperatures. Hmm. Lower than are already in space. I the, guess. <laughs> feel like it's cold up there. The helium refrigerant that does this job will run out in a few weeks, and when it does, Herschel will go blind. The coming demise of the telescope is no surprise. It is occurring just as was forecast at the start of the mission, almost to the month. There they need go. something more renewable, like uh, dilithium. That, just like that's what, that's what I was saying, dilithium. Just mm -hmm. exactly like mm -hmm. dilithium. Some engineering tests will be conducted on the telescope in April. The ESA operations team will then put the satellite into a slow drift around the sun before ceasing all communications. So as it dies, kind of sad, it's eh? just going to slowly hover around the sun for yeah. a bit. Probably crash into it, solar flare, take it out. I but I mean, it's second. taken some exceptional photos, like stuff of galaxies and, and nebulas and stuff that we've never been able to see before. Oh, they should do a Herschel Memorial of all the pictures taken. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like our, our postcard wall of pictures that Herschel has taken. Yeah. In yeah. memory of Herschel. Hmm. We'll, we'll get that. Sure we'll put that together. Like that, a yeah. video or something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will. Yeah. Okay, this is the best ever. A walking stick with built-in Sat-nav, is that satellite navigation? Yeah. Sat-nav, yeah. Has been developed by a Japanese technology giant, Fujitsu. 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 Mm. The next generation cane is designed to help elderly people find their way. <laughs> the <laughs> next, next generation cane. The next generation cane is... Interesting. Yes. All right. To help elderly people find their way, as well as monitor things such as heart rate and temperature. Its location can also be followed online and can be set up to send email alerts if it thinks the user may have fallen over. 
which is interesting because I see so many people leaving and forgetting their canes behind. This could right. Be, yeah. Because yeah. if you're getting up there in age, you're also kind of forgetting stuff sometimes. I wonder if it has like two-way communication, <laughs> robot voice and stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, goodness. It's like that old necklace. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. And I love it. The stick sends data back to the host computer so a caregiver or relative can see the location of the user okay. with additional data such as heart rate being streamed. I can't imagine how that would be accurate. but Maybe the, there's like sensor in the hand holder? Like yeah. where you hold it? I don't know. It's got to be. If the stick detects an irregular heartbeat, it can automatically contact emergency services. I don't know why this is very Harry Potter to me. I just love it yeah. a lot. <laughs> Get but it's like, it's oh. like here, here, Dad. Like, here, <laughs> I'm going to give you a cane that allows me to spy on you and stuff. They uh, but, probably won't even tell them. They'll be like, this is a beautiful cane for you. <laughs> yes, it's so glossy. And now I know exactly where you are cool when you little say. LEDs. <laughs> and if you fall over, it calls me. Sure, you are a bingo. And it speaks to you. <laughs> yeah. Does it have Siri? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Oh. But what what is curious about this is, you know, when I'm old, I know I'm going to be a nasty old man, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like hit people with my cane and stuff. So It'll what would happen? <laughs> yeah, it's like emailing the police that you know there's a, f- a flogging going oh. on or something. What was that movie with the precogs? I don't know. Oh no, with uh, Tom Cruise yeah. and and people would get arrested before they committed a crime because oh, okay. because in the future they could detect Neat. when you were thinking about doing something. So maybe this cane that would be like will that evolve cane. into that. Like this That's is the right. first gen. Right now it just emails if you fall over. But if yeah. you start hitting somebody, It'll it will report you and it will shock you. It actually has a built-in kind of <laughs> shocking system. You know, one of those tasers. <laughs> the cane is just the yeah. beginning. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You never know what they're going to come up with, folks. Wow. Get full get the full stories at category5.tv/newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. No problem. Thank you for whoever found this cane mm-hmm. story. <laughs> Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Cordery Electric at CorderyElectric.com. Netflix at cat5.tv slash Netflix. And NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi at cat5.tv slash phone. Make sure you go check them out. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got lots of viewer questions uh, from you tonight, and uh, you know I've committed over the past couple of weeks. I've said you know I feel really bad when we don't have time with all the things that go on in the studio and stuff. So tonight we are dedicated to answering some of your questions. So here we Sasha. go. I'll try and get through them all. Mm. Swiss Andy from Switzerland says, "Hi, Rob. Hey, Andy. Hi." S- Oh, I, sorry. Not me. <laughs> Swiss hi, Andy. Hi, hi Swiss Andy. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Swiss You never talked to me. So. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Yeah, just now, being polite. Okay. Yeah. Now I am Swiss Andy. Hi, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's three quick suggestions concerning the Category 5.TV site. Number mm. one, it couldn't hurt announcing the Category 5 What Pulse team again, plus the new What Pulse software release 2.0. I'm going to interrupt. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the Category 5.TV What Pulse team is found at cat5.tv slash pulse. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Some users are still using the version 1.x. 
we still have some catching up to do. Yeah, let's take a look at what okay. cat5.tv slash pulse gives you. There we are. We've got 12 members of our team right now. P- people say, and, and Sasha said to me before the show, what pulse? Is that that thing that <laughs> that's on, on Facebook that you <laughs> type six million characters? <laughs> and then Eric always responds and says, nobody cares, man. That exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. But mm-hmm. I care because it is a competition, and I am whooping Garby. For Look the first time, at I, that. I think he must have uninstalled it or something. Garby's typing away <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just haven't pulsed in a week. So we've got, you know, Garby and Swiss Andy, Gilligan. There you go. Contact. Hey, Jameson, there you go. Up on my screen, you see he's saying, but it's a keylogger. Oh, boy, they're watching everything that you type and logging it. No, they're not. No, they're not. I wouldn't even think that. I'm works. so naive. We actually have a video on uh, linuxtechshow.com. I'll just point you that way uh, about what Pulse and what it does. It doesn't log the keys in sequence. It logs a numerical expression of the keys. So if I type in, you know, let's say I type in the word Robbie. Mm-hmm. So it's going to know that I've pressed R once, I've pressed B twice, I've mm. pressed I once, right? And then it pulses on a regular schedule. So that might be once a day. So in the course of a day, it just simply uploads, okay, well, he pressed Q 12 times, he pressed P 10 times, right? And then it logs those numbers like that. You should have extra points for more unique number or letters like Q. There you go. You should get more it's points for Q. Way. No, it's it's a count. But A. Jameson's concerned <laughs> is saying, but it's a it's a keylogger. So yeah. if I enter in my credit card number, you know, five five eight nine blah blah blah. Keep going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, is it going to is it going to log that Don't credit card there. number? Right. No, it's not going to log yeah. your credit card number, and it's not going to upload your credit card number because anymore. it's it's just going to know that I pressed mm-hmm. five twice. Mm-hmm. I pressed eight once. I pressed. It doesn't know the sequence. It doesn't know. Yeah, and if you've ever pr- played like letterpress, it's very hard to figure out what words have been typed. Especially by Especially when you haven't pulsed, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, I pulse, uh, you know, once every every fifteen minutes or something, right? Mm-hmm. So what that means is then it uploads my my stats. So it becomes even harder because if I type ten thousand characters, it doesn't know what order they are or anything like that. Exactly. So don't don't be concerned about that, uh, A. Jameson. So. Looking at uh, our What Pulse team, once you've joined What Pulse, you go to cat5.tv slash pulse, sign up, install the, uh, the, the system, and then it starts keeping track of how many characters you press. So for me, I'm currently in the lead with uh, <laughs> 6,428,979. So it matters to some people, Eric, because uh, they want to try to catch up to me. Robbie paid me to ask this question first so he could just Did bring I? up that he's in the lead. I'm in the lead. I didn't even know. Look at that. I'm in the lead. I, I type like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and just for the record, the uh, the F is for founder. <laughs> founder. See the F in the brackets. <laughs> Not uh, a lady. Okay. Question two. <laughs> On the ask a question page, there's an option yes. for questions for on-air and comments for on-air. Right. It would come in handy having another option like comment for off-air oh. to send all of those comments and suggestions that might not be worthy of consuming precious on-air time. Right. So just in an for, off-air. Well, this is because you're you're at the, uh, yeah, the like the ask a question. But yeah, no, I hear you. Typically, you would click on contact us and email us or whatever. 
um, if, if it was for something else. But if it's, yeah, it's a question for on air, yeah, I can change that. Yeah, sure. All so, right. hey, cat5.tv slash ask is your place to ask a question. And we'll add a feature so that you can send me something for off air. Super. Hey, Robbie, I love your hair tonight. <laughs> Thank you. We didn't really have to read that on the air. It could have just been a compliment. And yet, here it is on yeah. air. Everybody yeah. loves it. I was just giving an example. Robbie's solar panel. Personal viewer points can be seen in the My Profile section. Yes. But there's no longer a ranking page for all users with their respective user points. It was a nice right. feature on the previous sites. Yes. Viewer points have recently been reintegrated into our website. I'm just getting in there. Okay. Here we go. So members, my profile, my viewer points. So for me, it's... You know, I don't really log my own viewer points. That would be kind of silly. So, but for you, you know, you view somebody else's profile. And, you know, there's Swiss Andy with 2,900. But you're right. There's no list of, you know, who's winning. And we learned, and maybe this, because this, all, the, all these questions all come from Swiss Andy. Swiss Andy likes competition and likes to see lists where Robbie's in the lead. <laughs> so there we go but you're you're doing pretty good there and, and you know as far as the list goes you're in our top 10 this week um at number three so you're on the podium so we do show the top 10 but we don't show anything beyond that yet all of these things are coming because you know it, it's it's all priority stuff really we work on making sure the show is is as good as possible and then we trickle in new features into the website as we can so mm-hmm. we're all volunteers here at the show as you know um, so that's that's kind of how it works. And, nice. Yeah. Okay. Here's a hot question from Jot. Hey, Jot. I recently joined Wet Pulse and noticed it was it has a heat map showing the hotness of my keyboard. All right. Obviously, it is pretty hot. Although it mostly <laughs> seems to be the backspace and spacebar that get very hot. Yeah. Is that because I am very hot? I've no. included a picture, no, by the way. you make a lot of errors. <laughs> I want to know. And hit space a lot when you're jumping. <laughs> it says, um, is that because I'm very hot? I've included a picture, by the way. I will laugh if it's a picture no of way. him, not a picture. What is it? I don't know yet. Okay, a picture of Jot? <laughs> Am I very... He precedes the question, the statement about the picture. With, okay. I am very um, hot. Okay, so think? let's see. Okay. Oh, it's a picture of his there, heat map. It's a picture of the heat map. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Not a picture of Jot. Mm. Okay. Can you show I'm that? Gonna, well, I'm going to bring it up on okay. my screen. Excellent. I don't have your screen tonight. Okay. And then he says awesome stuff about chocolate. Mm. Which is why we're reading this question second. For the record, I gave you chocolate before the show. Mm-hmm. So those who are wondering, oh, yeah, how come she didn't get chocolate this time? I did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. It's all taken care of. Folks. I ate it all, though. Already. Okay, so we were, we were talking about what pulse, Andrew Jameson, and uh, here's here's uh, Jot's hot uh, hot map, and you can see that okay he hits space a whole lot, but I don't know the order. I can see that he's hit one five eight nine zero a fair number of times, but I don't know the order, so I don't know what any of that means. All I know is that there's this heat map. I can tell that uh, he's a gamer. <laughs> W-A-S-D Cute. Oh. Shift You know Okay so which colors are, Mean the coolest They're Well the it starts at blue. purple Starts at purple And it oh, okay. its way Up to red um, in, in kind of in a spectrum 
Q. You're not pushing Q a lot, so you're doing a lot of running. That's good. <laughs> Using those keys a lot too, so moves around the keyboard, and and does a fair bit of deleting and entering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's something that What Pulse also gives you is a, a heat map, which is kind of interesting to see where uh, where you're typing a lot. When I saw my heat map, I realized I really should switch from QWERTY to Dvorak. And you'll remember I started talking about that, Pyrus Rock, you, you remember, but uh, never could get to that point where I could take two weeks off, basically, to learn Dvorak mm-hmm. because I'm a programmer. And there's no way I could program 10 words per minute. Like, I type 180, so for me to sit down and, and slow myself and down like that just can't do it um, I want to though so what is that uh, the different <laughs> so QWERTY you look at your keyboard yeah. Q-W-E-R-T-Y yeah. that's the the positioning of the characters so that's what we're used to the Al- <laughs> Almina kind of key set yeah. so that's where the keys are located Dvorak well QWERTY was designed for typewriters I knew that, actually, so that they don't jam up, So right? they don't jam up, right, yeah. um, because they did the mathematics and some genius figured out that you're probably going to be rotating between left and right, left and right. So when these things are going, they're going like this. They're never going like that at the same time and getting clogged. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of brilliant. But now that we're on computers, it's really stupid, really, that we're using QWERTY keyboards and on our phones and stuff. It doesn't make a lot of sense because we don't have that problem anymore. Mm-hmm. Dvorak was developed, the different keyboard layout to make more sense to the computer user because we don't have the problem of keys jamming it is basically an ergonomic thing so it's better for you physically to be typing in Dvorak rather than QWERTY. QWERTY will cause carpal tunnel syndrome and all different kinds of issues if you type a lot. I found a way to rule. Yeah? I'm gonna learn it. Apparently if you learn Dvorak really well you'll be way faster. I'd be afraid of the flames if I learn to type Dvorak. I am doing this. I'm going to search. Can I just find the Dvorak keyboard well, any old Jot's, place? You see Jot's keyboard, right? That's uh-huh. QWERTY. Mm-hmm. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. That's yeah. what it means. So let's just get onto Google, let's say, and uh, we'll type in Dvorak. <laughs> I spell, am it's spelled like this. that. Okay. Uh, simplified keyboard. Wikipedia should be safe. So see, it's a different layout. The keys are not where you would expect them to be. Imagine the things I'll accidentally type to begin with. Oh, it'll be amazing. I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh. The A is in the right right place. My Everything hands are else, sweating. It looks like M it. is possibly in the right place, too. Everything else is kind of crazy. This is going to be fun. I think the colon would take a long time to get used to. Did At you slash is in the normal place. Did you learn how to type with Mavis Beacon? I, the online I did game? a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah so. And uh, Mario teaches typing way back. No, I <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm just going to undo everything Mavis taught me, and I'm going to learn Dvorak. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I have a question from Gizmo at work. Hey, Gizmo. He says, hi there. My wife has a small reflexology business and a website to promote it. Getty Images has sent her a letter asking for $2,750 for three small thumbnail pictures. Ouch. Within 15 days or legal actions will occur. Mm-hmm. Searching the web, it seems the company is known for this fearware, for its fearware practices. And most of what I read suggests to ignore them until official action has occurred, which could mm. cost them more. For now, I removed the pictures from her website. Any other suggestions? Yeah, that's smart. Would, um, it's an unfortunate situation because when you build a website, and if you're building a website, never, ever, ever grab pictures off Google or anything like that. You know, Google Images is a great great thing 
Mm-hmm. You notice that I I actually brought up Wikipedia because I knew that that was going to be a, a you know a, an open source or whatever image. But if I do an image search for you know let's do the the CN Tower, and I go to Google Images, and I say oh you know what there's a really cool picture of the CN Tower. I'm going to use that on my website. Well, somebody owns that picture, right. and it's not you. You never took that picture. You haven't bought that picture, so you don't have the right to use it. It's illegal to use it. Okay, so he already took the pictures off the website. But it was on there in the first place. And Getty Images is is known to use um, almost a similar technology to TinEye, where it <laughs> compares pictures and finds other websites that are using pictures that they don't have license to use. Because when you buy a picture from Getty Images, you give them your website address that it's going to appear on. So if uh. they find it on another website, they know that you didn't pay for it. So and you would so, have to buy the same picture more than once if you wanted it on more than one on website. More than one website, yes. Um, so they know that the artist who took the picture did not get paid. The artist knows that they're not getting paid for your usage of that image. So it's, it's a violation of the policies of Getty Images because they provide legal representation for their artists, the people who take the photos. Wow. That said, they are a little bit shady. $3,000 for three thumbnails. Well, sure. 1000 bucks a pop, no problem. They operate on the premise, essentially, that people are going to pay. Whatever you do, don't phone them, because they are masters of manipulation and masters of making you feel like you've done some unbelievable crime. Yes, it's illegal to use images that uh, that um, you don't have the right to use, but there's also this thing called fair use, which is to say if you're not making money off of something, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're not making money off of something, then really it, 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 within a certain amount of reason, and in your case, you've immediately removed them from your website upon realizing that you don't have the right to use them, that seems like a fair uh, solution to me. Mm-hmm. Getty Images would probably say otherwise, but would it stand up in a court of law? Not necessarily. Because it's, you know, you, you probably didn't know that you were violating anything. So now you do. Um, so now you, you know that you need to be more careful when you put images up on your wife's website. Just take pictures and... Take pictures yourself. That's the safest thing. Mm-hmm. The next best thing is, obviously, you know, we, we aren't going to go shopping at Getty Images. Yeah, because we just don't like their business practices. iStock Photo is is a pretty uh, decent service. iStock Photo, okay? okay. So here, I type in CN Tower, and I see, oh look, that's a pretty similar image, right? And it says, here you go. What do you want? You only want a thumbnail. It's extra small, so it's only going to cost you ten bucks. Sure. What you're doing there, you're not buying the image. It's not yours. You still can only use it in one place, mm-hmm. but for nine and a quarter, iStock Photo is selling me the license to use that image. So now I have the right to use it legally, and if anyone ever gives me a hard time over it, I can say, look, I bought it at iStock. Right? That's awesome. So you're protecting yourself there. You've got a legal contract that is binding with iStock that says you've purchased that image. Is there anywhere you can get free pictures or free images? Oh, sure. Look for GPL licensed stuff. Uh, which you can, you know, you can get into Google or any search engine and type, uh, <coughs> probably another term is royalty-free. Royalty-free means you're not going to have to pay for its use. And when when I do a search for royalty-free images, you'll notice 
that the first thing that comes up is, of course, iStock Photo. Mm-hmm. Because they're selling me royalty-free. There are a whole bunch of other results, too. Chances are pretty good. Notice Getty Images is also one of the royalty-free. Because, yeah, you do have to pay for the licenses a lot of times. You might be able to find GPL, right? GPL Images, perhaps. But it's, it's it can be hard to find harder to find free stuff that you're actually legitimately allowed to use in a commercial mm-hmm. s- purpose like in a, for, for a business website versus just going to iStock and spending nine, $9 and a quarter. Right. That's if you pay per image. You can also buy credits, which brings down the price. If you prepay 20 credits, you're actually going to save money. So oh, that's okay. an option too. So do you need to be worried about this Getty Images thing? Um, technically, you know, I would be a- obliged to say, yeah, because... They, th- that is a legal thing. Um, do, you, do you need to worry about it? No, don't lose sleep over it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, they, they use scare tactics, and they will push. They'll If they have your phone number, they will call. And they're like any collection agency, right? Right. You, you can disagree with their practices, but legally they technically have the right to give you a hard time over it. You've removed the images from your website, though. So they really, you know, it's under fair use. You're kind of... You're kind of like, whoops, that, that was an accident, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's not do it again. Yeah, kind of thing. that ought to be enough, yeah. in my opinion. Will they take you to court over it? I don't think so. Not for $3,000. That's not to say that it's okay to do, to use stuff illegally, knowingly, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what happened here. Oh, so, poor guy. I hope that helps. Do we have time for another question? Let's yeah, see. I think so. There are a couple of suggestions there in the uh, in the uh, chat room. I see. Uh, let's see here. Jonathan in the chat room. Uh, thank you. Has come up with um, uh, stock, stock exchange oh, okay. sxc.hu. It looks like. Okay. I don't know my way around it, but it says that it is a royalty-free, free stock photo site. I don't know. So mm-hmm. it's called Stock Exchange. Stock dot XCHNG in Google found me there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's good That's to know. I feel like I would just copy and paste pictures mm-hmm. unknowingly. SXC.HU. Um, also, um, Os Rob mentioning that's a good idea to search through Creative Commons. We'll post links. Don't worry. We're going to post links in the show notes for you. Creative Commons is a huge repository. You know that Category 5 is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, which means you can download this for free. This whole show is free. You don't have to worry about somebody coming after you and saying, hey, you didn't pay for that. (laughs) So, you know, CN Tower, let's see what happens. CN Tower. Oh, that's not images search, is it? Let's see. (laughs) Search uh, for Creative Commons on Flickr. Because those are images. There's also Photopedia, things like that. Let's do that. Okay, so here are some Creative Commons licensed photographs of the CN Tower. So far, none of them are stock worthy. They're not nearly the the quality that you would expect from a, you know, these are home photos kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But you might be able to find stuff that way. And because it's licensed under Creative Commons, it means that now, observe Creative Commons will say Creative Commons attribution. That means if you take this show and distribute it, you can't say, this is the Sasha show. No, this is Category 5 Technology TV. You have to attribute it 
correctly. Otherwise, you're you're renaming, rebranding. Um, that's the only Sasha kind of stipulation. That sounds kind of cool, though. Yeah, thank you for watching. Yes, yes thank you, everybody, for watching for the Sasha watching the Show. Sasha show. <laughs> Episode two, mm-hmm. eighty-five. <laughs> yeah, how'd you get here already? Yeah. That is like literally all the time that we have. Check out my blog. It's baldnerd.com. Lots of interesting things uh, going on over there. Next week, you have Abigail here. Abigail will be here. We're going to be continuing our series on how to create a photo booth. That is neat. Very neat. Very neat. We've got all the parts. You've seen the photos in our uh, Google Plus uh, community, cat5.tv slash G plus, or on Facebook, cat5.tv slash Facebook. You've seen the photos of us actually going to the store and we, we cut up all the PVC pipes and we're ready to go. No so way. Not at all. Yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. Next week we're going to actually be building that and making it happen. So don't miss it. Thanks everybody. Thanks for sticking it out with me tonight. Thanks, Sasha. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Have a great week. See ya. Enjoy the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 